Welcome to the Market Leaders Podcast, where you'll find valuable marketing and business development insights from innovative thinkers. The podcast series is brought to you by Ackert, the company behind Pipeline Plus. Tired of overcomplicated CRM? Pipeline Plus is the easiest business development tool you'll ever use. It helps you organize and focus on your most important relationships with instructional e-learning tutorials and concrete suggestions from our built-in AI. Pipeline Plus gives you everything you need to get new business from your existing network. Visit ackertinc.com to learn more. Hello and welcome back to the Market Leaders Podcast. I'm David Ackert and today my guest is Catherine Whitaker, the Chief Marketing Officer at Burr and Foreman. Catherine, thanks for being on the show. Thanks David, I'm happy to be here. So uh, let's start with your role as CMO at Burr. You've been there for about seven months now. Exactly. Yes, I'm um, Chief Marketing Officer at Burr and Foreman, where really it's my job to be an effective partner to firm leadership and, and other administrative departments in driving performance improvement firm-wide. That's really what it's all about. And at Burr, we are a law firm of about 350 attorneys in eight states. I lead a marketing team of 12 professionals. Um, and under our department umbrella, really, we're responsible for client relations, business development, firm communications, and we really prioritize our role as dot connectors. So making sure we facilitate cross-office, cross-practice collaboration for the benefit of firm clients. So that's what we do and, and what we're striving for every day. That's great. Well, uh, we're here to connect some dots on uh, another front. You've had such an interesting career journey over the last few years and uh, a really inspiring one from my perspective. Tell us a little bit about the path you took from your last uh, CMO job and how it landed you to this one. It really has been an interesting journey of late. Um, I have been in legal marketing for about 17 years now and I've been at firms ranging from you know, 100 lawyers in size to 2,000 lawyers um, with offices across the globe. So really had a fun and interesting career. And in 2019, I left the role of an in-house legal marketer to campaign for political office. I was a candidate for the South Carolina State Senate um, in the 2020 election cycle. And uh, during that time, I also served as the director of recruitment and strategy consulting at Calibrate Legal. And that was really, um, honestly, just great fun to connect with so many of our colleagues in legal marketing across the country. Um, and as I was working with them on placing talent on consulting projects, really, I grew as a professional uh, by leaps and bounds. Um, so it's a really interesting and very different uh, year and a half than I had spent previously prior to that in my career, for sure. Let's talk a little bit about that piece. So in what way did you find being on the service provider side uh, growthful? It was really interesting to see under the hood, if you will, at so many different firms um, with, with folks really going about our world of legal marketing in very different ways. Um, one of the things that I, as a professional, that I really learned is how important it is to take your people, your processes, and your technology, and really make sure that all of that is working well together. Um, you know, there are little pieces underneath each of those umbrellas that are critical to um, elevating the function uh, of marketing in a law firm. But at the same time, those pieces have to be interconnected, working together well. And I really learned a lot about that, you know, in my time in the service provider world, frankly, from our clients and from my colleagues at Calibrate in terms of how to make sure that's all working together well. Um, and so I think it was just, I don't know that I would be doing this job at Burr as well if I had I not had that experience and really, um, you know, opening myself up to all those different ways that people were 
we're doing our job, um, you know, in different ways across the country. So it was just really um, a phenomenal experience to to be able to work with so many different firms and so many different of our legal marketing colleagues uh, and see kind of pick and choose the the best of all worlds uh, now in my in my capacity as CMO at Burr has been really helpful. So you were a CMO at another firm, and then you decided to leave that in-house position, uh, become a consultant with Calibrate. Uh, and at the same time, this gave you some bandwidth to be able to pursue a political career. Tell us about the decision that had you go from a stable job to diving into so much uncertainty. Yeah, it was a big decision, and I'll say not an easy one. And frankly, it's a it's a mission of mine now to make sure that uh, people, and especially women, know that you can do it. Um, it is a hard thing to make the decision to run for political office, and certainly if you are in a stable job and you have to figure out how to do that. Um, you know, not only did you know we we went in with the full intention of winning, and had I won, we would have been in session from January to May three days a week, um, and then not, you know, for the rest of the year, except for committee hearings and such, and really to try to have um, the ability and capacity to do that. And you really don't get paid very much money <laughs> to be a state senator. So just kind of coming to terms with what that would mean for our family, um, what that would mean for me professionally. Um, I love legal marketing, done it for so long. So am I having to give up my career in order to make this change or to, to run for office? Um, so I'm, I'm using that experience to counsel and coach others to, that it can be done. Um, but my decision really was about, I've always felt like I needed to, to help people, that my, my calling really um, has been trying to figure out how to help people in whatever capacity that looked like. And in my experience with my um, sitting state senator, um, I just felt like the people weren't being heard. Um, not only were they not being represented, but they literally weren't being heard. Uh, you know, he wasn't taking meetings with folks. He wasn't talking to folks. Um, and if anything, one of the things I've learned is you have to start policy decisions um, with the discussions with the people who have the lived experience. And so, you know, that's my passion really came through. And as I started to talk to people about, well, who do we have to, to run? Um, for this role against this person who had been unopposed for 16 years, you know, who do we have? We need somebody good to run. Um, and so more often than not, people said, why don't you do it? And so it really was about being asked to run, which um, the data shows women have to be asked more often than men in order to make the decision to run. And um, let's talk a lot of talk with my family about what this would mean and what this would look like. And ultimately, um, it was one of those, if I don't do it, I always wonder if that was something I was supposed to do in a way that I could, could, could have contributed to, um, to really help people in my community. And so that's where, it, what it came down to. And I ran for office and it was an amazing experience and we didn't get the outcome we wanted. Uh, but at the same time, I learned a ton. Uh, we'll get into some of those learnings in a minute. I want to dive back into, um, that decision that you made. So no matter what side of the aisle you may be on, uh, I think everyone has this experience of, I, I wish somebody could go out there and just change things, right? I don't, I'm not happy with what I'm seeing out there. And maybe in the back of our mind, you know, some crazy part of our brain says, I mean, maybe I could do it. Uh, but then, you know, the other side of our, our rationale immediately kicks in and says, oh, don't be ridiculous. Here you are, Catherine, a working mother, you have children, you've got, uh, you know, a certain lifestyle that you've grown accustomed to, and you're not even sick of legal marketing because here you are back at Burr. 
So clearly it wasn't a matter of, oh, I need a career change, new chapter of my life, this is it, I'm, I'm so sick of you know, the, the whole law firm world, I'm going to go do something else. You really dove in, driven by this, you know, you call it a passion, this mission. Uh, that's an unusual thing. A lot of us still sort of wonder what we're going to be when we grow up, you know, in terms of really having that calling. And I think a lot of people in legal marketing, you know, nobody sort of graduated from college going, I know how I'm going to change the world. I'm going to be a CMO at a law firm, right? So really curious as to what that evolution looked like for you personally and, and what had you take a tremendously courageous leap. Well, it's really interesting because I think so much of what we do in legal, and, and maybe we don't give ourselves enough credit, but, you know, lawyers are involved and law firms are involved in so many things in our community beyond just the business that we do. And so one of the things that I got involved in early on in my legal career was the United Way. So it was one of those things that, you know, the marketing person traditionally does the United Way campaign, for example, at your law firm. Um, a lot of our listeners might have been familiar with that in their uh, early days of their careers. And it was something that I got really passionate about and very involved in. And here, um, I was on the Public Policy Council for the Trident United Way in my area of South Carolina, the Low Country. And we adopted basically an advocacy platform around kindergarten readiness. So the real catalyst for me thinking, should I do this run for office, was because there was just no traction um, in our General Assembly for what we were trying to do with kindergarten readiness. And in our area of the state, only 43% um, of kids were ready for kindergarten on day one. Um, and that was out of a lot of different studies in a lot of different ways um, in terms of kind of proving that statistic. And that was just shocking to me. And then on top of that, I had these conversations um, with working parents around the cost of daycare and the quality of that daycare. And so it was really a combination of those two things. If we need more um, diversity in the workforce and we need more uh, our, our children to be ready for kindergarten, you know, there's something there with these with zero to five year old kids and their care. Um, and the state really needs to be looking at this. And it was just falling on deaf ears with uh, a lot of those missions. So that was truly the catalyst. And again, as I started to talk to people, um, folks didn't feel heard. And it just bothered me um, that people weren't returning phone calls, taking meetings with constituents who would be, in some cases, driving two hours, taking the day off, driving up to Columbia, our state capital, and, and trying to meet with their legislators and hitting a brick wall. Um, it was infuriating, frankly. And so there's this great, I'm, I'm, uh, I listen to contemporary Christian music as well as country music. Those are the two things I listen to. But there's this great song about uh, basically like, you know, if you if you shake your fist at heaven, say, God, why don't you do something? And he says, I did. I created you. Um, and so it really became for me, um, if, if, if I can do something about this, then I should. And the answer for what to do was run for office um, and try to do it better and to make a real difference in some people's lives that I had been hearing from. So that was that was the catalyst. That was the decision and, and really what was behind my run. It's really remarkable. It sounds like it hit home for you as a woman. It hit home for you as a mom. It hit home for you in a spiritual context, and it hit home for you in terms of the feedback the feedback you were getting from your community. And it, and I really think it probably takes all of those cues to uh, make a change as dramatic as the one that you did. Yeah, I think so. And it certainly um, did take those conversations, right? I had some great friends who pushed me to do it. Um, I had a wonderful partner and my husband who said, we will make this work. 
um, and really believed in what I was doing, what we were doing. Um, and my kids were all in, which was frankly fun and interesting and exciting experience for them to see their mom do this. And I had some of um, my son's uh, friends after the election, I think it was the week after um, one of their moms sent me a text and just said, just wanted you to know that the boys were just talking about how cool it was to have known somebody on the ballot and been able to kind of vote, you know, uh, with their mom for somebody that they knew. And, you know, I have to think that there's, there's something to that in terms of just showing some of our neighbors and friends and extended community um, that they can know somebody, you know, that, that runs for office. Um, there's got to be something there too, that was, was beneficial to, to the run. So you put it earlier, we didn't get the outcome we wanted. I don't get to call you Senator Whitaker, uh, at least not yet. So what were some of these learnings that came out of it? You know, you, you reframe that quite nicely uh, in a number of ways, and you alluded to some of the lessons that came out of it for you. Yeah, I think um, several lessons. I mean, I learned a ton. One of one was, frankly, a good dose of humility, which I think we all need from time to time. Um, you know, it's interesting and invigorating that everybody wants to know what you think about different things, right? So I was getting calls and texts from people just across the community that wanted my input, wanted to know what I thought about this or that, um, and I really enjoyed that. You know, as a as a woo on the strengths finder scales, a winning others over, um, and that was something that I really enjoyed about the campaign was talking with all these people about all these different issues. Um, and then literally the day after the election, that stopped. You know, there were no calls and texts from people asking for my opinions or my thoughts about things for a while. And that was humbling. And frankly, a good dose of humility is good for all of us. And second, I also learned that it was okay to grieve something like the loss of a job or the loss of a dream. Um, for the first couple of weeks, I was really just not able to kind of admit that it had been a, frankly, a devastating blow. Um, you know, especially as in November of 2020, we're still wrestling with COVID. We still don't have vaccines, you know, available. And so a lot of folks have really been affected in much more hard hitting ways, you know, in terms of health or their economic status or whatever. And so it just didn't feel like I could be sad about the loss of an election. Um, but I, again, had some great family and friends who, who helped me see that, you know, this was a form of grief and I needed to take the time and speak and space to work through that. Um, and I think third, it really taught me to prioritize people's lived experience. So, you know, as we're, we're talking about policy, as we're talking about, you know, the changes we're trying to make in our government and in our communities, we need to understand the effects of those decisions we're making on real people's lives. And so I think that was kind of my biggest takeaway um, from the campaign. So, you know, you can apply these lessons every day as a legal marketer, right? Every day we have some initiative or some difference that we're trying to make in the face of an organization or in the face of an environment that is slow to change. And we have to uh, sometimes uh, take the blow and uh, take some of the humility that comes with that and be able to dust off and jump right back into the game. And, and that's what you did. I mean, after you put your, you know, put some time aside for the grieving, you put your hat right back into at least the ring that you're in now. Uh, so I, I applaud you for um, viewing what you went through through the lens that you've chosen to do so. I appreciate that. It's, um, you know, it is about dusting yourself off and figuring out what's next. And I think that, you know, certainly takes time, but also, you know, that's what we've got to do and move forward and make some progress. So here you are at Burr, you've uh, obviously, whenever someone in an executive role lands at a firm like this, you're going to need to make some changes, you're going to need to make sure that the resources that you have align with your vision. 
Uh, have you been able to apply some of these uh, lessons from your campaign to your current role? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so interesting to, to try to think through where those connections and lessons apply. Um, it's kind of a fun mental exercise. And I, and I think one of the ways is, you know, as I, as I said about um, learning that you really got to think through the, the personal lived experience on the campaign trail when you're talking to to folks about how policy affects them. You know, in our world, the client experience continues to be something that increases in importance and is a differentiator for law firms who are, who are trying to do it better. Um, and, you know, at Burr, our tagline for a really long time has been results matter. And so what we mean by that is really having our legal representation working to advance the outcome the client wants. So, you know, really being able to answer the question, what would a win mean, you know, for our client in this situation? And sometimes it's not what it would mean for the lawyer, right? So we really have to understand that. And when we're talking with our clients, often they need us during an extremely stressful time or at least a high stakes situation. And so we've got to kind of understand the lens through which they're viewing, you know, our representation. And, you know, if we can make their life better or easier, you know, that's really a, a win um, in a lot of different ways. And so if we can improve an aspect of our clients or our constituents daily life, I think, you know, that's really a job well done. And so that's kind of the, the overarching lesson that I, I learned that I'm trying to um, stay mindful of here is how can we better um, you know, our client experience here and make sure that we're all recognizing each other as, as people, as humans that have different um, needs and priorities and making sure that uh, we're working together to advance those outcomes uh, that, that the clients want to see. Yeah, I really want to underscore this uh, line that you've drawn between the clients and the constituents and just making sure that their needs are heard. Uh, so much of the difference that we can make in big ways or even in little ways day to day is just listening intently and making sure that um, we're uh, accepting and, and, uh, and taking in what the other people uh, have to say uh, about what they're trying to accomplish rather than fixate on our own agenda. Absolutely. I think that's so crucial. Um, and even as, as leaders in our firms, making sure that we have some space for that with our own team members or other firm leaders and making sure we're listening as well. I think, you know, a lot of times I, I came in with a plan and a vision for one of the, what I wanted to do with this department, but we also have to be active listeners and making sure that, you know, what we want as, you know, a, a new leader of a function aligns with the firm's plan, you know, and, and the vision that our leaders have for where we want to go. Uh, and so I think that's a good reminder for all of us. So you've landed at Burr relatively recently, uh, I'm sure, you know, with the intention of, of playing out a, a, a decent term uh, as the CMO uh, at this firm. But I'm curious, uh, you, we talked about dusting off and uh, jumping back in. Do you see down the road at some point in the future running again? Uh, it's an interesting question. Um, and I, in the months after the election, I would have said no. Um, but since then, you know, I've, I've really, I'm not going to say never. Um, I do still feel like there is a, a time and place um, for all of us to kind of figure out our next steps. And right now, I'm really loving this job. Um, the CMO role at Burr is the best job I've ever had. And I'm enjoying kind of the challenges and opportunities that we have right in front of us right now. Um, so I'm enjoying doing this job well. Uh, I was asked to run for Congress next year. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> My interest was 
never really at the federal level. Um, I always wanted to, to focus on our community and our state here in South Carolina and making South Carolina better. And thankfully, there are many ways to further that goal. Um, it doesn't have to be through elected office. And so I'm, I've shifted a bit in terms of the, the other ways I'm trying to make our state better and I'm also um, focused, as I said, on doing this job well. And I've got a child starting high school and a child starting fifth grade this year. And so, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of room for uh, spending a lot of times on things that matter. Uh, and, and so I'm focused on those things currently, but I'm never going to say never. Well, uh, as someone who uh, gets to interact with you and continue to be inspired by you in this community, I'm glad that we continue to have access to you and continue to uh, get to call you uh, a, a colleague among our ranks. Uh, but of course, uh, continue to uh, support you in whatever way uh, you see your future trending. Yeah, it's really interesting to me. Um, and I was frankly blown away by the fact that I had over 100 of our legal marketing colleagues from around the country donate to my campaign over the course of um, the cycle. And when I saw that, um, you know, it's just it just reiterates my um, love and appreciation for this community to have had that level of support from our colleagues was frankly um, overwhelming. And I'll be forever grateful for that show of faith that our LMA friends uh, gave to me. I mean, it's just such a, I mean, I was blown away by that. It really was. Um, I, had, I had no idea. I mean, I knew it had been a lot of people, but I had no idea that we, we kind of crossed the hundred mark in terms of, of donors. And that was just lovely. It's easy to forget the difference that we make for one another in a community like this, where we share so many of the same experiences and, you know, really do look to each other to, um, to pick each other up when the going gets rough. So. Absolutely. So true. So I just want to thank you so much for uh, sharing your story with us today. And thanks for being such an inspiration and uh, look forward to reconnecting with you uh, in person again, hopefully soon. Thank you, David. It was a pleasure to be here. Today's episode was brought to you by Ackert, the company that solves business development problems for professionals around the world. Visit ackertinc.com to learn more about our consulting, coaching, and technology solutions.